0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. And on today's episode, since my self-confidence is high, it's my three favorite guests, me, myself, and I. Today's episode is NFL Coach of the Year. The reasoning behind the episode comes from my conversation with Alex Cohen last week, where we broke down the NFL MVP race. In that discussion, we segued into discussing Brandon Staley at 14 to 1 when we were talking about Justin Herbert at 9 to 1 for MVP. The guidance that we gave, which I think is really great gambling advice, is that if you wanted to bet on Herbert for MVP, you are better off just putting that money into Staley at 14 to 1. It's longer odds on the coach of the year, while Staley is also the shortest odds for any coach. So he's technically the betting favorite already. Having that discussion got me thinking, whoa, it's pretty unlikely to see an award like this have the shortest odds be 14 to 1. Especially when there's only 32 candidates for the award prior to the season. This is not like NBA's most improved player where there are so many options of people who could just develop into an all-star and win the award. I say there are only 32 people who can win this award and that's like the maximum maximum. The truth is I actually think it's quite a bit less than that. So let's do this episode in three parts. Let's start by looking at the criteria for who wins the award, create a list of reasonable candidates, and then choose the best ones and make some bets. The reason why I'm doing this episode alone is threefold. One, because the goal of the way I'm handicapping this is to bet on like 10 different names, and considering the shortest odds are at 14 to 1, it means that any of the 10 names can hit and we would profit. The second reason is bringing in someone to discuss the reasons for and against 10 coaches is just going to be a really long and drawn out discussion. It's probably a bit too detailed and too nuanced, so I feel like I can do it solo. Finally, third, since this is a portfolio of names we are creating, And we are putting them into a futures bet where we are not seeing any return for like eight months. These are all going to be very small bets. Between the 10 names I choose, I am likely going to be betting a total of between one to two units. So let's get started. Who wins coach of the year? Looking at the winners from the last 10 years, the coach comes from a team that wins 11 or more games literally every single time. I could go over these kind of like I did with the quarterbacks and the MVPs, but I don't have to. Look it up. If your coach wins coach of the year, your team won at least 11 games. The only slight exception to this rule is in 2012 when Bruce Arians filled in for Chuck Pagano when he had cancer and Arians went 9-3 and three in that Chuck Strong season. But Pagano was still there in the beginning of the year, and the Colts still won 11 games. So technically, it still works. Two, there are a certain amount of these quote-unquote special seasons. And I'm defining a special season as when there's a combo winner of quarterback for MVP and coach for coach of the year from the same team. We got this in 2019. 2019 with Harbaugh winning coach of the year and Lamar winning MVP. We saw this in Ron Rivera 2015 with Cam Newton in that 15-1 Panthers team. And in 2010, Belichick won coach of the year and Tom Brady won MVP. This is the Herbert Brandon Staley this year. It's that theory literally applied. Just like we mentioned, the reasons we would pair Herbert and Staley There is precedent for doing this, and since Staley has the longer odds, just put all your money into that bet since it's basically the same. We can review a few other teams and scenarios for special seasons in our portfolio this year as we start choosing coaches later on. Third rule is if a relatively new coach wins 11 games, that is a huge boost to their likelihood of winning the award. Last year, Mike Vrabel was a Titans coach who won coach of the year. He started in 2018 and won coach of the year in 2021. We have other more extreme examples of first-year coaches winning the award. In Kevin Stefanski, 2020, first year as a coach of the Browns, won the award. Matt Nagy, 2018, first year coaching the Bears, won the award. Sean McVay, 2017, first year coaching the Rams, won the award. So you can see the voters like this idea of a fresh face and a new coach coming in and making an immediate impact on the team and the the team exceeding expectations under a new guidance. That is like, hey, you did it, coach. You're the coach of the year. However, this is clearly reflected in the odds. The first eight names that are listed on the FanDuel odds for coach of the year with shortest odds are a coach with their team for the first or second season. They are Brandon Staley, Chargers, he started last year. Brian Dayball with the Giants this year. Doug Peterson, Jaguars, first year. Kevin O'Connell, Vikings, first year. Dan Campbell, Lions, second year. Nathaniel Hackett, Broncos, first year. Mike McDaniels, Dolphins, first year. Nick Sirianni, Eagles, second year. So while we know that new coaches win this award, it is also reflected in the fact that most of these new and young coaches have the shortest odds to bet on. The fourth rule is that coaches do not win in back-to-back years, a.k.a. we can fade Vrabel, but there are repeat award winners, so don't fade the veteran coaches who we consider dependable. There are a lot of coaches to win multiple times, But just of the recent winners and some recognizable names, Ron Rivera has won twice, Bill Belichick has won three times, and Bruce Arians has won twice as well. However, speaking to the Vrabel back-to-back thing, the last time a coach won back-to-back Coach of the Years was in 1981-82 with Joe Gibbs, and prior to that happened in the 60s with Don Shula. So this has literally not happened in 40 years where a coach has won back-to-back Coach of the Year. And considering that a lot of Sharps and myself are fading the Titans this year and backing a team like the Colts in that division, I think it's pretty safe to say we can cross Vrabes off the list of potential Coaches of the years this year. So we have a list of four basic rules. Let's repeat them really quickly. One, The coach of the year comes from a team that wins 11 games or more. Two, there are a collection of special season pairings where the season is so amazing, like the 15-1 Panthers, that the MVP and the coach of the year come from the same team. Three, you want a relatively new coach. If a coach who has just started or recently started with their team ends up winning Eleven games. That is a huge boost to their likelihood to winning the award. And four coaches do not win back-to-back years, but they are there are certainly repeat winners of this award. Okay, those are the four rules outlined. Now let's create a list of reasonable candidates, and let's do that by process of elimination. There are thirty-two coaches. And we can cross a few of them off knowing what we now know about how this is awarded. I created a category, number one, that I call teams that have no shot in hell to win 11 or more games. And I've identified eight of them that we could cross their coaches off the list right away. Seahawks, Texans, Bears, Jets, Giants, Falcons, Lions, Lions commanders. Please, please come in my Twitter mentions if you honestly think one of those teams is winning 11 games this season. Now, if you're a fan of one of those teams and you're slightly offended by what I'm saying, I'm a Giants fan saying that there's no way the Giants are winning 11 games, so take it with a grain of salt. If you are a fan and I did just offend you, you can move them into my next category, which I call a list of teams' very unlikely to win 11 or more games, and I feel that this level of unlikeliness allows me to not consider betting this coach for Coach of the Year. I've identified seven of these teams. Jaguars, Panthers, Browns, Titans, Raiders, and Steelers. Let me review all 15 of those teams. I am crossing off the list for coach of the year, because I do not believe that they have a chance of winning 15 games. They are the Seahawks, Texans, Bears, Giants, Jets, Falcons, Lions, Commanders, Jaguars, Panthers, Steelers, Browns, Patriots, Raiders, Titans. If you have a problem with any of these, put that team on a different list of the potential candidates. Just slide them over, and you can bet on them. But now that we've established the first 15 teams that I think do not fit the bill, let's cross off a few other names that I still think we can cross off, even though their team might win 11 games. First one to me is the Arizona Cardinals. Their win totals at 8.5 and juiced to the under with so many sharps backing the under. In addition, just so much drama out there with Cliff Kingsbury, with the play calling, with the Kyler contract. Uh, When you listen to professional gamblers and football analysis analysts speak on the Cardinals and the coaching system, they talk about how the air raid offense is actually a sophisticated run offense and a pretty simplistic pass offense. So while there's so much narrative built around the whole air raid system, it's actually a little... uh, overrated, pun intended. So I am crossing off as my 16th name, Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. Number 17 I am crossing off is Sean McVeigh and the Rams. I could have added this as another rule now that I think about it. However, it would only apply to really one coach this year. But the coach who just won the Super Bowl has never won the award the following season. They already have a ready-made team. They are expected to win a lot. They have proven that they can do it. And doing it throughout the next regular season is never the story. It's always, can this team repeat? So that's the true test that McVay coaches. It's not whether or not they're going to reach their win total of 10.5, which I'm on the over for the Rams. But it's about, can the Rams repeat when it matters most? And that's the challenge that McVeigh is up against this year. There has never, ever, ever, ever been a coach of the year who won the Super Bowl to then come back and win the award. So I think we can safely cross off McVeigh as our 17th name that we've crossed off. Number 18 of the list of names I am crossing off is Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Simple reason, Tom Brady's coach is not winning coach of the year. It's as simple as that. This team wins 11, 12, 13 games. It is thank you, Tom, not thank you, Todd. Todd Bowles is tied for the longest odds at the NFL at 40 to 1. He is the lowest likelihood of coach to win this award. So cross his name off. No need to waste time there. Even though this is a team that can win 11 games... Bowles is not winning the award. Even though Bowles is a first-year head coach in this new system, Bowles is not winning the award. Cross his name off. So we've crossed off 18 names from the list of 32 coaches that could win the award, meaning we are left with 14 of them, meaning Brandon Staley has the shortest odds at 14 to 1, meaning that if we bet... .1 units or one unit. I would never suggest doing one unit because this is a coach of the year futures bet. If you were to bet a tenth of a unit on every single one of these coaches and any one of them were to win, you would at least break even. So let's go through who are the reasonable list of names that we now have left to win the award. They are Brandon Staley, coach of the Chargers, Kevin O'Connell, coach of the Vikings, Nathaniel Hackett, coach of the Broncos. Frank Reich, coach of the Colts, Matt LaFleur, coach of the Packers, Nick Sirianni, coach of the Eagles, Kyle Shanahan, coach of the 49ers, John Harbaugh, coach of the Ravens, Dennis Allen, coach of the Saints, Sean McDermott, coach of the Bills, Zach Taylor, coach of the Bengals, Mike McCarthy, coach of the Cowboys, and Andy Reid, coach of the Chiefs. Going through some of those rules that we established before, let's ask ourselves, are these all potential 11-win teams? Chargers, yes. Vikings, meh. Broncos, meh. Colts, yes. Packers, yes. Eagles, meh. 49ers, meh. Ravens, yes. Saints, eh. Sean McDermott, Bills, yes. Zach Taylor, Bengals, eh. Mike McCarthy, Dallas Cowboys, yes. Andy Reid, Chiefs, yes. So if you're going to go with the coaches I like the most, they are Staley of the Chargers, Andy Reid of the Chiefs, Sean McDermott of the Bills. These are the teams. Let's throw in John Harbaugh and the Ravens and Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. These are the five teams where I think we could realistically see a pairing of NFL MVP and Coach of the Year if, say, the Chargers, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Ravens get 13 wins this season. If you see one of these high, high high-end seasons, the best possible outcome for the Cowboys happening, the best possible outcome for the Bills happening, and the Bills end up 14-3, and and Josh Allen has an incredible season, Allen is winning MVP, and McDermott is winning coach of the year, just like we saw in 2019 with Lamar and Harbaugh. So those are the five coaches that I'm putting two-tenths of a unit on. In an effort to kick a few names off this list and get closer to 10 names to bet on instead of 14, I'm going to knock off a few more. Dennis Allen and the Saints, I just don't think it's an 11-win team. Even though the Sharps are on them, even though they're bringing back a lot of the same system, and if they do really well, the coaching staff is going to get a lot of the credit for it. I don't see this as worth my money to back the Saints to get to 11 wins. I would rather play their over of their win total at eight and a half or nine wins than to bet on Dennis Allen, coach of the year. Cross him off. Cross off Matt LaFleur. He's in his third year. They just gave Aaron Rodgers a new bag and Rodgers has won back-to-back MVPs. I think it's really hard to envision a special season where LaFleur gets the credit instead of Rodgers, or even both of them get it, and Rodgers wins his third MVP in a row. We broke this down on the last episode, why Alex and I are both fading the Packers and fading Rodgers from winning the award yet again. So I am crossing off LaFleur. I do not want to put my money into the Packers to win coach of the year this year. I'm going to remove coach Zach Taylor from my list. The Bengals have regression written all over them. They had a very special, special run to the Super Bowl last year. They did improve their offensive line. They did bring back a lot of the same weapons. However, Mixon played 16 games. Jamar Chase had a record-breaking rookie season. T. Higgins was quite the guy. It's just a bit hard to see the Bengals replicating the success that they had last year. And of course, they will be getting everybody's best shot and dealing with that Super Bowl hangover. It is not worth me investing money into the Bengals in a coach of the year race. This leaves us with O'Connell, Hackett, Sirianni, Shanahan, and Harbaugh as our guys, that we are going to invest one-tenth of a unit in. This brings our list to 10 names, five of which are getting two-tenths of a unit, five of which are getting one-tenth of a unit. It is a total investment of 1.5 units, and the shortest odds we are taking for one-tenth of a unit is a plus 1,600, which is a 16 to one. I know we mentioned Staley, but since that's a 0.2 unit bet, we will be returning 2.8 units on a 14 to one bet. So considering our one tenth of a unit bets are on odds that are 16 to one or better, we can bet up to 1.5 units across 10 names. And as long as that 10th of a unit on Kevin O'Connell hits, We are profitable on the entire endeavor. We are creating a portfolio of names. In the first ever Advantage episode, I talked about how I like using my gambling platform as an investment portfolio. I am not giving my takes that much as to who I think is going to win said ballgame. I am evaluating the market as a whole, identifying value, sending out my chickies, and hoping they come back as hatched ducklings. Come home with a friend, send your kid out to school, bring home a play date. That is the goal. That is what we try and do here, the advantage. I am a better who looks for ROI as my bottom line. I don't care about long shots. I don't care about parlays. I care about consistent bets that return me an ROI. ROI is return on investment. I want to invest a certain amount of money and get more than that back. So I am looking at this as I am investing 1.5 units into coach of the year, and I'm creating a portfolio with 10 names that if any of them win, I bring back more than 1.5 units as my profit. That is the goal. That is why I do what I do. That is my approach to betting sportsbook, and that is how I will continue to explain things as we start the football season. Very freaking exciting. Later this week is NFL rookie of the year. where We will do the same things for the offensive rookie of the year. I am not someone who bets defensive stats, defensive players. It's just a bit too risky. It's a bit too hard to cap. It is a bit too variable in who gets the tackle, but we will be talking about offensive player of the year with Alex, and then we will be going into our normal Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday podcast release schedule for the NFL season. Every Tuesday is going to be a reaction to Sunday's games and a look ahead on best bets to make and DFS spend ups for the week. On Tuesday, we will know if Josh Allen is injured or healthy and he's worth spending the 7500 DFS dollars on. We will know if CMC is healthy and it's worth spending $9,900 DFS on. So we can do spend-ups earlier in the week when we know which star players are certainly going to be active and healthy. On Thursday, we will do the value positions. Now we start to get injury reports on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and practice reports on Thursdays. So based on which players are practicing, we will know which value spots are potentials, which running back. Might get 16 carries because his number one is out. Which wide receiver is going to be filling in and playing 85% of the snaps that week and running routes on 80% of passing downs? That is going to be the Thursday episode where I will also talk about line movement and give out some more bets. And then on Saturday, we will do our quick recap, which is going to be a core four, the core four players that you will find in my DFS lineup and any last-minute bets to take. So again, Tuesday, spend-ups. Thursday, value plays. Saturday, core four, with betting advice throughout all of it. I'm very excited for football season. I'm very excited to be doing it for Sports Ethos this year. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Please follow me on Twitter, at mfiddle14. And please join the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel. If you don't want to wait for my podcasts to find out which plays I'm on, follow me on Twitter or join the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord. That is where I post my bets right when I take them, as soon as I take them. So as if you want to get the same odds as me and you want to get ahead of the market like I do, then you want to get in and see where I am posting the plays. Again, super looking forward to this season. Really looking forward to all you guys being here with me. I'm hyped about the guests that I have lined up to talk DFS and football and gambling and fantasy and all that jazz. And I really think it's going to be a great and profitable season here on The Advantage. I will talk to you guys soon. As always, peace out.